Good afternoon and welcome to the 185th. I think that's right. Yep, that's right, Ben. 185th episode of the Sunday Conversation Podcast. We are presented by Loyalty Liquors, Taco Casa, Dickie's Barbecue, One Stop Convenience. And uh, we're, I was going to say presented again, but we're hosted by us, Aaron and I. Yeah, baby. Aaron, 185 weeks, but really like 187-ish weeks. Yeah, but some, something no. like that. Um, what's up, man? Uh, not much, Ben. I don't, uh, this is going to jinx us, so I'm just going to say it anyways. Uh, but I think that's either three or four episodes in a row now of just getting the episode number right, right off the rip. So I think that's probably the longest streak in the entire history of this show that we've actually gotten it consistently right. So things look at us. It only took 185 weeks to, to start nailing it in. Uh, but you know, they say it takes 10,000 hours to master right. something. So we just haven't oh. quite gotten there yet. Um, but, uh, I'm good, Benny boy. Uh, you know, work is in the shitter right now and that's whatever, but, uh, had, uh, had a wedding last night. Uh, our boy Jake Maloney got married. Uh, great time. Funny little story from that. So Jack Maloney, shout out big Jack got, uh, he brought, Four bottles of Pappy Van Winkle, two 10 years and two no 12 years. No way. And so they were behind the bar and there was like, you know, you had to know like the code, which Scott, Scott Mack t- said something to me about it. And I didn't even like process what he was saying to me. And he's like, he's like, do you, do you want some Pappy? I was like, are you being serious right now? And I was like, he's like, yeah. I was like, okay, sure. So I tried, uh, I think I tried them both. So I had a, a 10 year neat. Um, which is, I mean, the bourbon's good, but it's not They're $800 um, a bottle. Good. I was going to say like, I've, I've seen just, what do you call it? A drink like of whiskey, a pour of whiskey Yeah. in, in places for like 125 bucks. Yeah. Easy. Or more for Pappy Van Winkle. I looked it up online last night, the cheapest bottle for sale on wine searcher which is obviously focused more on wine, but you can find spirits on there too. Uh, the cheapest bottle I could find was somewhere in Massachusetts for 800 bucks. Does he still, do they still have Shays? Yeah. Which is why, you know, I assume how he, how he got it. Um, so, so I had a pour of the 10 year neat, uh, which was good. You know, the, the whiskey is good again, but it's not, you know, for me personally, I don't, and I'm yeah, not, the not biggest, a whiskey guy. I'm so not the like, biggest whiskey guy in the world. I mean, I have, you know, a little whiskey collection, but I'm not the biggest whiskey guy in the world. But I, I still didn't see anything about it that, you know, I've tasted hundreds of whiskeys over the years. I didn't see anything about it that made me be like, wow, this is like markedly better than, you know, something that's less expensive. But that wasn't the, the funny little story. So, you know, whatever, dancing, everybody's having a good time. Uh, I, I got an Uber up with Dylan. And then uh, Maddie uh, showed up a little bit later and then she gave us a ride home. Uh, so as we're leaving, I go to go to the bathroom and Dylan's like, hey, I'm going to get us a, a couple uh, a couple of those pappies for the road. 
And I was like, all right, sounds good. So he goes to the bar, gets us a couple. And we're walking out through the front entrance of this of this place, of the, the club it's at. And uh, there's like a woman there. And she's like, hey, are you guys leaving? Because we're holding glasses of whiskey. And she's like, are you guys leaving? And Dylan, pretty quick on his feet, was like, no, no, we're just going around the outside. You know, we're just taking a walk. And she's like, okay. And so we leave, we both leave with a, a Pappy Van Winkle in our glass. And we get in the car on the ride home. Just just a quick 250 yeah. bucks or yeah. whatever, you know and then and then we uh we just we drove home it was in like simsbury so we drove home from simsbury and just had this whole like conversation about like why the american political system doesn't work and like i could feel how drunk i sounded like you know you know when you get drunk and like you can feel that the words aren't coming out of your mouth right like that's how i was and i part of me halfway through was like like we're talking about this right now. I'm drinking Pappy Van Winkle, like in the back of this car. Like, what the fuck is life right now? Um, but uh, but that was a good time. And then uh, I took my mom. So did everybody know the code, or like was it well? Limited? So like that was the thing. Is like it seemed like word got out pretty quick. Like I don't mean like like completely random people that were there, but like, you know, like our friend group, like pretty quickly the, the word got yeah. out. <laughs> I'm sure it was in the group text. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was like, I like looked around my, our dinner table at one point, everybody had a beer and a glass of Pappy Van Winkle on the table. It's like, all right. That's, well. kind, of, that's kind of baller really. I mean, that's the, it was there to be consumed. Right. I mean, that was the right. point. Yeah, of it, it's like, but, what, yeah. What is the point? Just let it like to look at it. Like. Right. And, and then, but that was cool. So shout out to Jack for that. Cause that, that was very cool. But, uh, and then, uh, and then today I took my mom up to the biggie for the first time I've been there in a couple of years, but, uh, Ben, it is, it is incredible. How, how was the, uh, Vermont flannel store? Just, oh yeah. Still there bigger than ever. It's, yeah. It's, I was going to say it's a bad place it's, is a big deal. That's the coolest um, thing at the Big E, in my opinion. That and that and the barnyard display over there. They uh but Ben, I will say it is amazing the way Americans will fry anything. Dude, I wanna just go ahead. I'm gonna go on record and say, like, you haven't seen shit, and I truly mean that until you go to the Texas State Fair. Oh, I believe it. Act, it's disgusting, Aaron. It's, it is, it is disgusting. Like I believe that. You know, like <laughs> fried butter. That was like that one. Always <laughs> just like, but you could get any single thing that you want fried there. Well, that's so. Like, p- part of me on the one hand, and I did get some fried Oreos because fried Oreos are fucking delicious. I don't care what anybody says; they're fucking awesome. Um. But we walk in and like the first one of the first like food stands we see or whatever has fried Kool-Aid. Like, how do you even fucking fry Kool-Aid? Like, I don't even understand how that works. Like the Kool-Aid powder. Um, the other thing I want to go on record um, and say is there isn't a fair. And I mean this. There is not a fair in the entire country that has as good a food as the Big E. And oh, I truly yeah. mean that because there's nothing like those state houses, yep. you know, like nobody else does that. And then in each state house, like you have legitimate, like, you know, wild blueberry pie from, from the New Hampshire building with ice yep. cream and you get the main baked potato and yep. like you get like, you know, the clam chowder and all that. And I feel like 
every other fair, the food is like solely based on like those, call them those like glass, like those, you know, the four sided stand that's got like fried dough, funnel cakes. Yep. Yep. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's, you know, and then you get like your food trucks and stuff, but like the Texas State Fair is just all like crap food. And when I say that, like, I mean, like, it's all fried, but the big E, like, You could go and have, you know, my favorite thing is the pizza in the Vermont building. I always got the baked potato in the main building. Um, Massachusetts always has some sort of lobster roll. That's like awesome. Yep. Like you get like some really good food. I feel like maybe I'm well, no, maybe I'm biased, but I think because that's just those state buildings. Then you can walk down and get, you know, you get anything you want pierogies i I don't know why i remember pierogies at the biggie but because it's like, so different yeah. than all the other stands like they play polka right. music and like it's like all bright and red and white and it's got the polish eagle on it yeah and yeah but i but i think you're right i mean we got we got clam chowder at uh at the massachusetts state house connecticut had worcester street pizza you know like you're right those state houses have really good food but then well, okay also- all right hey that's a perfect example you're legitimately talking about one of the top whatever 10 pizza places in the world yeah and it's in it's at the you know you're not getting that at at another fair and it's not it's not even like they use like some bullshit oven either they have like a portable uh you know wood fire oven that they use it's it's the same thing it's just a smaller version of it obviously but yeah the food there is fucking great it's one of those things where it's like it kind of like to some degree sucks because you can't like you can't eat everything. But you know, I, I just was amazed that it seems like every year there's something new fried there. So I saw fried Oreos, fried Kool-Aid, fried Snickers, fried tacos, fried cheesecake. Um I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I'm surprised there's not a fried turkey leg. Like that seems like a natural progression that we would get to. Um, but then but the then, ir- like fried ice cream, they have that. Yeah. Which I think is just weird. Yeah, fried um, ice cream is a little weird. I also don't understand how it like really works. Is it really is it like tempura? Really? Kinda. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Cause I don't think you can like I mean, if you just like fried ice cream in, in oil, like it would just fucking right. disintegrate. Um, but then the irony of it all, Ben, is that you're you're sitting there and you're looking at some of these people walking around and like you know, there's like people who have fucking gout and their their ankles are the size of my thighs, and you're like, dude, like, right. what are you like, what are you doing here, man? Like, but uh, well, big- that's just that's America, my friend. I hate to sound like that, but um, that like when your diet consists of you know food like that, like, why wouldn't you go to the mecca of food like that, like? You know, it's like hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, and that's and that's what you go to the Big E for. You go to eat. You go to you know walk around. Hundred percent. You go if to, you're not leaving there without a stomachache, like you you messed yeah, up. Yeah, like yeah, seriously, straight up. And I've been there before. I've been uncomfortably full at the yeah. Big E before. <laughs> um, but hey, it's awesome. But that's it's, and uh, but sweet. The, what was the butter sculpture this year? 
Oh, I didn't see it, but you know, okay. But here's a little blast from the past. The guy who did the world's largest sandcastle that we guarded one time. Fun fact for people listening at home: Ben and I guarded the world's largest sandcastle. Well, at the time, I don't. That record has right. to have been broken by now. I that bet you like, it got broken in Dubai somewhere. Yeah, that was like ten years ago <laughs> at Winding Trails in Farmington, Connecticut, of all places. But, but uh, we did it, and also I lost the yellow T-shirt that I wore that night. That's that's a lot. I had a yellow shirt that I, I liked, and the last time I ever wore that shirt was that night. Fun fact. Uh, so that guy <laughs> was there building a, a sandcastle, and I like I <laughs> I wanted to go up to him like I mean you know this guy's not gonna fucking remember that. But, um, People, but, why wouldn't he? No, no. I mean, what, he, oh. obviously, he would remember building the sandcastle. He wouldn't remember that we went to you guarded it yeah. for the night, and then we didn't even stay all night. We just it's like more left at one point. We're like, all right, we're going home now. Yeah, I think we fished. We were fishing yeah, most yeah, of the we night. Went out and then the when canoes, we got yeah. done, we were like, we we're like, do we really think we need to guard <laughs> this thing or whatever? Thank God, nothing um, happened. Imagine if shout out um, the next morning and the whole thing got fucking that? destroyed. The is what was the what was the pizza place we used to go to on the way home? From oh God, um, Sal, not no, Sally. I think no. it was. Uh, it was an Italian woman's Lena's. Lena's. Oh God, the soup. Uh, we used to get the soup and the garlic knots. Oh my God! After catching, you know, oh, a couple, couple that was baths. the best. And then I and then I fast forward a few years when I went to go work for. Hartley and Parker, my first distributor job, my territory was, I used to call on the Portuguese restaurant that was right across the street from that place. I used to get lunch there like every Tuesday. I fucking love that place. It doesn't exist anymore. It's not, it's not there anymore. No kidding. I don't think so. Anyways, I'm going to look that's right now. That's just going to be, sure I mean, I feel like that's probably like a, like a topic that, um, like every adult, every, well, I, I would say more adult because every adult goes through it. It's like, you grow up with iconic places that you eat and then, you know, something happens to them and they're gone. You, all you can do is be like, remember when, you know, you said, yeah, absolutely. Thank God we have, uh, food's only, food's only getting worse too. Thank God. We still got uh, shady Glenn, huh? Yeah. No kidding. Um, but, uh, but that's the little, little brief recap of my week. Uh, also I just would like to, take a quick minute to uh, say that I think the Patriots are going to be really good this year. I think they had, uh, they should have won that game last week, but uh, they didn't. And it's just good to have football back. How about Aaron Rodgers fucking snapping his Achilles four plays into, into a season with the jets. Did you see the guy that tweeted? Yeah. How about that? Huh? I mean, um, that's one of those, the, you know, that's for the people that don't know it. He tweeted, uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to what? Tears Achilles, tears Achilles two and a half hours at MetLife Stadium. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Um, Makes you think. Like, is it huh. premeditated? Huh. Or, or they paid him a bag too, didn't they? Well, he, he got paid. He did take. A, he did take a pretty substantial pay cut from what he was making with the Packers. I mean, the guy doesn't need the money, um, but. Uh, yeah, I, but the thing is, do you more, think he plays for the Vikings next and really just follows in well, Favre's footsteps? <laughs> well, that's the thing about him is that he's forty years old. Like, is he even going to attempt to come back? Like, you know, that's not an Achilles is not an easy injury to come back from, and it's you know, my buddy, my my buddy Dammy has torn his uh, both Achilles tendons. Yeah. So, but now 
like like no joke it's almost like you get a new pair of you know it's like you get new tires on your vehicle like you know he's fully rehabilitated and it's like and that's that other thing that like what happens with like pitchers and stuff like the whole thing like if you get tommy john surgery and you get a brand new ligament in your arm is that like getting a new engine in your car i mean kind of right right like like, i think the only ones that don't that like aren't like if you tear them and they're they don't necessarily get any better are your acls or or i guess the tendons in your knees like those ones i don't because i mean you hear about people blowing out their knees all the time the same knee over and over again too but it does seem like there's certain tendons when you tear them like you actually come back and they're they're stronger but he's 40 years old so like you right. know that someone doing that at 25 is a lot different than doing it at 40 but um i just i i as a patriots and obviously i don't wish any injury on anybody especially being a former athlete myself but uh as well a you're patri- still as an a, athlete you're right once an athlete always it's like the marines you know you're always once a marine always a marine but you know, you still don't like to see an athlete get hurt, but by the same token as a Patriots fan to see the Jets just like, you know, have all the hope in the world. And then, you know, four plays into the season, the season's basically over is, is just perfect. It's so poetic, but, um, but that was my week, Benny. What's up, what's up with you? What's going on with the house? Um, we got a big piece of wood and, um, basically sanded it all down, created a mantle. So did that today uh working on a door an old door prepping to paint it got the soffit is done everything is just beautiful looking um we got to do a little four sheets of metal roofing the air conditioning people came and installed it all but we couldn't hook it up yet because we got to run a wire to the panel um but yeah, dude, things are things are progressing. It's 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 nice to see. It's are you, there? Uh, are you there right now? I am actually. I'm. At, this is the first time I've ever recorded in my little. Shed. I was gonna. I was gonna say, man, nice. The new the new studio. Looking good, bro. Your audio quality is good in there too. Yeah. So yeah, no, everything is all positive. Uh, on a really sad note. Um, you know, we got this place back in February and, you know, met the neighbor, obviously, and became friends with them. And he passed away last night, man. Wow, that sucks. And, uh, yeah, he's awesome. His name was Ricky. And uh, it, it, it was uh, that that bummed me out, actually. Like, what What happened? That was he he had been sick for like the last month and uh but yeah he just i mean he got old and yeah but everything's good we went and brought some food over there that i mean it's just it's a bummer but it's also like it just you know goes to goes to show you it's like you never know uh you know who comes into your life and whatever makes an impact on you. It's like, I only knew the guy seven months. I was like, damn dude. Like I, you know, I mean, it just, that's life. It's going to, it's going to happen to everybody. You know, it's just crazy that, uh, how it all goes down. But so that was a bummer, but I, I would, I'd, uh, you know, he's obviously his wife 
his wife is, you know, confident that he's in a better place. So that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it does suck oh. too, because obviously like, you know, neighbors are, neighbors are a mixed bag. You know, you never really know what Dude, you're going to get. That's, well, that's the thing. It's like, we, he was going to be our neighbor no matter what. And he happened right. to be a gem, you know? So it's like, I feel like that's a rarity in itself. Yeah, I, it feels like it feels like with with neighbors like yeah, you think you hit the lotto, but well, yeah. I mean, you do. They're they're not going anywhere, so they got they got family around. So yeah, I mean, it's yeah, right. I mean, as long as his wife's still there, you don't have to worry about uh, somebody coming in that you don't know that ends up sucking. You know, neighbors are neighbors are a total fucking crapshoot. I mean, I think back to when. I was 21 years old and we were living in that place on Sycamore Lane. Like we were the worst neighbors in the world. Like you imagine you're like, I think our next door neighbors were like a middle-aged couple. And like, you imagine you get three fucking 21 year old kids that move in next door. that are just have people over every single fucking night. And the, you know, as the house is just like a frat house basically all the time. Like, you know, you just, you just don't know what you're going to get. I mean, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Neighbors it's, are weird, but that sucks. Rest in peace to Ricky. That's uh, that yep. stinks. Um, in in other news, I'm wondering if you saw this story. Did you see about the the Mike Babcock uh, story? I did. Interesting. It really is, man. Honestly, what it it makes you think of the, uh, I mean, the Mike Madonna thing. Like, I don't know if you know that story. I don't, but hold. But before we get into that, let's let's back this up a little bit. So Mike Babcock, because not, obviously we have a lot of hockey players that listen to this, but not everybody's a hockey player. Mike Babcock was a coach in the NHL, uh, coached the Maple Leafs, coached the Red Wings. Um, did he he coached the Ducks too. I think I want to say he coached the. Ducks. I'm not really sure. I know. He, yeah, I know he coached the Leafs and the Wings and um... won, a, won a Stanley Cup with the Wings. Um, you know, considered to be, you know, one of the, the better head coaches in the NHL. And then he got fired. It came out when he got fired that like, you know, he was kind of pitting players against each other. And he's always been kind of a, a, known as a guy who has like really weird kind of mental games. Like a piece, plays. like a, like a piece of crap. He's kind of like, yeah. A, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like he, you know, he was, he would pull all he, these kind of he, psychological he tactics. That, and that's what I said. I'll just briefly mention the Mike yep. Madonna thing. Greatest American hockey player ever. Yep. Um, never got to 1,500 games because Mike Babcock scratched him. Yeah. So yeah. he has 1,499 career games, which, I mean, that's incredible in itself. But it's like the guy's a D-bag. But uh, Well, yeah, especially, as, as, well, especially because continue I will. Continue you'll find out why. I will. And especially because the thing about – like hockey is it's like hockey is one of those sports where like a lot of people respect numbers and like games played and you know like iron man streaks and all that stuff so like a lot of times coaches will you know make exceptions for guys because they're legends like mike madonna like you know who who when patty kane is done will probably be the best american of all time but you know mike madonna's one or one a depending on how you look at it you know to so to help bomb him so that he doesn't get 
his 1500th game. It's just a douchebag, like ego trip move where it's just like, you can put him out there, let him skate one shift, let him get his 1500th game. And then that's it. Where I remember there was a story. I think it was Phil Kessel, you know, Phil Kessel. Yep. Like it's happened to Phil Kessel. Keith Yandel said the same thing. Yeah. It um, happened to Keith Yandel. And I thought Mike back Babcock did it to Keith Yandel too, but I don't, I think. No, that was, uh, I want to say it was Quenville. I think it was Joel Quenville. No, but, uh, it was when he was in Philadelphia. It oh, was, you're right. It was, it was um, the guy who got fired. Uh, Dave Haxtall, maybe. A- anyways, regardless, we, we, this is, this is all just color. So story came out that Babcock, uh, who is the current coach of the um, Columbus Blue Jackets? Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, that he was making players, sh- he was having players show him the pictures in their phones, like basically going through their phones to to see what was these guys were doing with their phones, which is, you know is a complete overstep of boundaries. Like, yes, obviously these are professional athletes who get paid a lot and, you know, it's their job to go out and perform and play hockey. But then at the same time, you know, they're human beings too, who have their own lives outside of the rink. And, you know, some of these guys are young and, and having fun. All that Sorry. stuff. No, you're good. There's a woman. Sorry. I'm on the phone. I'm Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shout okay. out to our special guest Ben's, Ben's neighbor who stopped by um, but uh, and so this is just the, the latest allegation in a long line of things that like he is just a complete piece of shit to his players and uh, I mean if it's true it's being investigated the NHLPA uh, the Players Association is is looking into it but if it's true it is uh, it is not a good look for a guy who has already you know had a career of not good looks yeah, actually, the the one comment I saw about it was that it was the spit and chicklets guys, and they were talking about it, which you don't really think about it, but it's like a lot of those guys are eighteen years old, right? You know, so it's like if this is a you know, you just think like, oh, what does the you know sixty year year old man need to see the eighteen year olds? you know, camera roll for it's uh, well and like think about it, right? Like I just but also just, on the flip side, I think the the bigger thing that needs to be said is like that kind of just came out. So in the world of hockey, let me tell you right now, because I lived it, you're talking about the most mind I'm gonna swear, like the most mind fuckery shit that ever that you could ever think of goes on because all a guy wants to do is play hockey, you know? So, um, if like you're trying to get in the lineup every single night, so you're doing whatever the heck it takes, right? you know? And it's like, that kid is going to just go ahead because there's probably not even anything incriminating, you know, or whatever on his phone. So he's just going to go ahead and let that happen because he all he can all he is concerned about is like he wants to play and right. in his mind if he doesn't do this it's like does is that mean coach is going to cut me it's like you know all you think about every you know basically from when i started playing junior hockey i never played another hockey game without like satisfaction of like knowing that 
I'm definitely going to play the next game. And that is really hard mentally. Like, you know, in in high school hockey, it's like I knew I was playing every game. And I knew I was going to almost play the entire game. And it was just like whatever. But then you start playing hockey where it's like you might not get tomorrow. Well, it's like somebody who's worked their whole life to do something is is all they're going to think about in that moment is like tomorrow. So you're going to you're going to do whatever the heck he says and not, not knowing or like not really thinking like, okay, is he stepping over a boundary, you know, yeah. but you're not going to say anything. Cause you're also younger. It's like, Oh, if I rat him out, like, you know, it's like, am I going to be blackballed or, or however it may be? And it's just like, dude, it's a, I mean, it's just, it's the same old bullshit that, you know, I feel like has been going around forever, except, you know, he got caught or, you know, it's like, you don't know how many other, you know, people do that same type of shit, but it seems like he really is like a scumbag. Yeah. Well, just Um, weird because like, yeah, like you said, like, obviously I never played hockey at a super high level, but I, I know enough people who did. And, you know, that's unfortunately part of it is, is especially when you're grinding your way up through the ranks, like, you know, you're just doing whatever you can to stay on the ice, because if you're not playing, you're not going to get a shot. And if you're not going to get a shot, then the dream's over with. So you're doing literally whatever anybody asks of you to just try and get a shot. That's all you're doing. So then when you get guys who are in positions of power and abuse it and, you know, you're just a kid and you're like, you know, this, if this is what I have to do, then this is what I have That's to like, do. Have you read the Theo Fleury book? Yeah. Yeah. Which is that, you know, I mean, perfect. Another perfect example like that. Uh, Graham, whatever his name was, Graham James, that same shit. He literally molested Theo Fleury, but it's like who went on to have a great career, yeah, you know? Exactly, and and it didn't come out till after his career that all yeah. that. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, well, and then you saw it with the the Blackhawks, uh, the Blackhawks player, and that whole story that came out. I mean. And it's weird because you're seeing this. It seems to be happening more in hockey than any other sport, you know, and I don't really know why, why that is, but um, it's just fucked. I mean, you know, these, like you said, these guys are just chasing their dreams and, you know, they're being abused by the people that they trust. I mean, they're the coaches. They're like their parents, basically. A lot of these guys, you know, especially guys that are, you know, say you, you, you know, living in, you know, from Connecticut playing in Tennessee. I mean, that team is your family. That's it. Like those are your, your family that your coach is like your, your parent and your teammates are like your siblings. And that's because you're so far removed from everything else that, that is home that that becomes your family. And so like when shit like that happens, it just abuses that familial trust that you have. And it's just, it's fucked, man. It's just totally fucked. Yeah. It's like, you know, I straight up asked Ken Jernander to his face if I could have a tryout with the Wolfpack. And, I mean, I could have played at home. Right. I mean, <laughs> unfortunately, that didn't work out, but that would have been nice. Just a little story. We, we got five minutes uh, left here, but just a little story to uh, lighten the mood a little bit. There was one, mm, I think it was a month, no, it was a Sunday night. Taylor and I went to the Rocking Horse Saloon because we were friendly with a couple of the bartenders on a Sunday fucking night at like eight o'clock. Talk about a depressing place, the Rocking Horse Saloon on a Sunday night at like eight o'clock at night. 
And uh, down at the other end of the bar was like three guys that played for the Wolfpack. And uh, yeah, I guess they used to come in on Sundays because obviously, you know, the, they play like on the weekend. So, you know, they're as far as they're concerned, the week's over. So we're talking to one of the bartenders and she's like, yeah, those are three Wolfpack guys down there, blah, blah. And me just being an asshole and running my mouth was like, well, if they were any good, they'd be playing in the NHL. You know, they're playing in fucking Hartford. Who cares? It's coming from me, you know, who, who you know, <laughs> whose men's league career started at 18 years old. And they, uh, she fucking goes and tells these guys. So Taylor and I go to leave and they start chirping us. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, like I'm going to get my fucking teeth punched in by some fucking Wolfpack players because I was just a smart ass running my mouth. But that's just a, just a little side story about some minor hockey players. But, um, Let's wrap it up here, Benny. I'm going to go eat, and I'm going to go to the gym before they close. Uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Get, get a little pump in. Get a little pump in. Uh, but uh, that's it. Episode 185 of the books. Benny, you're the best, buddy. Love you. I love you, bro.